Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Don here, and I want to welcome you to another installment of Moa's Art, where you know God dwells, Jesus reigns, the Holy Spirit guides, and we live in the agape. <laughs> we live in the agape. That's unconditional love. That's what we got to give over here. I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh my God, what an awesome honor to be able to come before you in and through the presence of God on this day. I have been so elated and ecstatic about what God is doing in our lives in this season. I thank God. I thank him for the revival that is coming into the earth, for the great awakening. I thank him for his presence. I thank him for an experience with him like never before. But I thank God for the assignment that he has given me today, and I pray that I am able to deliver. (laughs) Oh my God, my God, my God. God is a great God, and he is greatly to be praised. Today, I'm going to talk to you about getting to know God. Getting to know God. We must know him. We must know him. We must know him, worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So God wants us to know him. So let's see if I can do <clears throat> honor to what God has called me to do on this day. Heavenly Father, we welcome you. We honor you today. And we ask that you just have your way. Oh, Father God, use me as a vessel. Oh, Father God, an extension of your love through your voice to your people. Oh, Father God, word my mouth. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, let me decrease that you may increase and that your people will be edified, that they will be nourished through your word. In the name of Jesus, allow your blessings to flow in the lives of those who are under the sound of my voice. Oh, Father God, help us to get to know you. Help us to know you. Oh, Father God, all of you, in Jesus' name we pray. Thank God and amen. All right, let's get ready. Let's get into this word. Amen. (laughs) My God, my God, this morning we are going to get to know God, getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. (laughs) Getting to know you. I don't know the words. (laughs) All I know is they say, getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. (laughs) We hope God likes us. Amen, amen. I remember that song. Uh, when we were younger, uh, watching some of these old movies that my daddy loved to watch, and we would sit around and watch them. But anyway, today we are going to talk about and try to understand how to get to know God. It is imperative that we seek Him, that we know Him, 
that we have intimacy with him. Amen. God has been uh, unctioning me and, and pressing upon me to get up and to minister his word to his people. I don't know how far, how wide, or how uh, uh, short <laughs> this message is going to go, but if it touches one soul, my God, if it nourishes one soul, if it helps one person to make it through a situation, a circumstance they are going through, it is well, well worth it. Amen. Amen. Um, these messages that I've been doing, and this has been over the last couple of weeks, I'm telling you, every time I walk in obedience to God's will, he opens up a door. And let me be clear. Let me be clear. I am not being obedient because I expect God to do anything. <laughs> oh my God, I'm doing what God has called me to do because I am obedient, because of the love that I have for him, and I want God to use me freely. Amen. Use me freely. But I want to share this so I can make it kind of plain for y'all. <clears throat> and part of my testimony, I'm going to have to get one of these up. Cough drops here. <clears throat> I have them laying next to my bed. But anyway, uh, God has, has has been putting these messages on the inside, and and every time, every time, I walk in obedience when God say, "I want, I'm ready. I need you to minister to my people." And I walk out and I step out and I instruct according to what God gives me. He shows up. So the first word God gave me is that we are uh, approved. I was going to say blessed. We blessed. (laughs) But what God said is you are approved. You are approved. And I heard that thing. I heard it so clear. And so I went and I started uh, searching to, to articulate uh, intelligently what I was hearing in my spirit. And so I ministered the word. And within days, within days, didn't even expect the situation to happen. Uh, so an opportunity came uh, before me to apply uh, for uh uh, some funds to be able to uh, refi—not refinance, but um, eliminate, eliminate my debt, consolidate some things, and I'm just thinking, hey, I'm just gonna go with the flow. And within days, within days, I was approved. I was approved. I was able to pay off my vehicle. I'm waiting because I'm going to get me a new one. I'm gonna give my son. Uh, my son's, it is a family vehicle now uh, <laughs> that they'll be able to, to use uh, as, as needed. Um, and I told my husband, I said, every car I had, I've given to a kid. You know, my kids have had all of my vehicles, uh, all my vans and everything. Uh, I've given them to them. But anyway, the point I'm making is when I was ministering that word, when I heard God give it to me, I was I, I related it to a desire that I had to purchase uh, the home that I'm living in right now. Um, 
And I'm thinking, you know, hey, I, I want to relate it to that. So I know God is, is going to move in that area. And I shared it with you all. And lo and behold, <laughs> this opportunity was placed before me. Uh, and I was able to begin to pay off some derogatory debt uh, that I have on my credit report. I'm still working to, um, you know, to get some of those things done. And, and, and ain't that something? You got to chase folk down to pay them. I mean, I ain't never heard of nothing like that, but <laughs> I guess I'm just, I'm too anxious trying to just tick all this stuff off of my credit report. And it's hard to get the creditors. My goodness, I had to do a dispute um, to even be able to get the information about the creditor who put something on my credit report. But anyway, um, and I mean contact information. I wasn't even meaning to go in that direction, but I wanted to share that. I wanted to share that. So so then God says, I want you to give a follow-up word. I want you to give a follow-up word, and I want you to tell them that I said not only are they approved, <laughs> I want you to tell them, not only have I approved them, I have perfected them. And so they are perfect, but not just in and of themselves, in their own abilities or their own flesh, but they are perfect in me. And that perfection cannot be separated from love. That love is the primary tool the primary uh, 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 weaponry that empowers or allows them, enables, that's the word I'm looking for, enables them to be perfect. And God said perfect is not what, what Webster Dictionary defines perfect as, or man per, def, uh, defines perfect as. Perfect is being like me. Being like me. And not not just in a sense of uh, I, I I'm a Christian and 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 mouth service or, or your words, but in your actions and your deeds. And there's no way you can be perfect and be in Christ and not be mature and complete. Okay. So anyway, God gave me that word, and I ministered the word. I brought the word. Let's say that. And. Uh, Woke up the next morning. <laughs> Woke up the next morning. Went logged into my laptop for work, and I had received a um, a award from one of my colleagues who was impressed with the performance that I have done so far uh, on the program, and that award came with a monetary value. It was a, a $100 award. My company does uh, what they call the Power of You Awards. And, and with those awards, you can get, um, you know, monetary value. And uh, it's, it's you can get gift cards and, and different things. I'm, I'm trying to think of how to say this. There are different... Um, uh, suppliers or vendors in their network, you know, like uh, real vendors like Target and, and Best Buy and Walmart. And I think they even got Kroger. 
But um, and you can cash these things out to uh, like a Visa gift card or MasterCard or something like that. But anyway, it is a um, employee recognition and I was not expecting it. Uh, the, the monetary value was good, but uh, it was the words, it was the words that touched me because in all of my career and all that I do, not just in my job, but all that I do, I do it to serve people, to serve people. <clears throat> and uh, it's always uh, rewarding <laughs> when when people acknowledge what you do. I'm not looking for accolades or a pat on the back or anything like that. But it's good to, to be acknowledged in the sense that people feel the servitude. They feel, you know, uh, uh, what I'm delivering to them. All right, so anyway, we're going to talk about getting to know God. Getting to know God. We did a study um, some years back. I, I, I tried, I, listen, I done started and stopped and started and stopped trying to get a little Bible study going on. Uh, with my children and my my uh, family, and uh, it works. But we all get so busy, then we stop, and you know we we build a cadence, and we start going, then we start fighting. But anyway, I ain't gonna go there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, God's will don't change because we do, because we put it to the side, God puts it right back on the forefront but we we did a study some years ago uh and and around whether or not god was a he or she or an it okay because you know people try to try to uh label god in their own um understanding they want to they want to categorize god um in in their own understanding and god made himself manifest in a certain form because he wanted to come down to our level because he knew and understood that we needed a tangible to better understand him. But you can't group God in no category. God is. <laughs> God is. He said, I am that I am. Mm -hmm. He said that, that he was love. So when we try to group him or categorize him, we got to be careful, all right? We got to be careful, careful, careful um, when we do these things. But where did, where did I want to get started? I, I I just, I know for us, even, even those who are seasoned and mature in Christ, sometimes we get challenged in our walk with God and in our ability to identify God, and especially those who are new to Christ, those who are new to the kingdom, babes in Christ. Um, we often wonder when we're praying to God if he's really hearing us, if he's really there. Are we sure that, that somebody is listening to us? And, and, and sometimes, especially with me, I try to, because I be doing all the talking, I try to just be quiet and listen and try to hear, is somebody speaking back to me? <laughs> and sometimes when I don't hear God, I'm wondering, all right, is, is he real? Is it really a God? Is there someone 
that is there or have I adopted the beliefs of others? Have I just developed a relationship with this entity that I can't see, that I don't know, that I've never experienced based on what somebody else said? I'm, I'm just keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. I have learned over my life and over the years that God is real. And I've always prayed. I've always prayed that God expose yourself to my loved ones, to my family, to my children, to my husband, that they will know you. Because if they know you, it is impossible. It is impossible for them to know you and not love you. (laughs) And if they love you, they're going to desire to want to please you and to want to do your will. So they'll walk in obedience. See, that's the key. The key is knowing God. And I, I heard a preacher minister one time before. He said, it's a difference in knowing me and knowing of me, knowing about me. You you can know of someone. And a lot of times people in my life, they act like they know me, but you don't really know me. <laughs> and then other people we know, you know, and other people who know me, we want to act like they all know us and they really know us. I'm laughing because I remember the last time somebody told me, you don't know me. You don't know me. And I was like, uh, I sort of kind of do. Been around you for a long time. Yeah, I think I do know you. But anyway, it is a difference um, in, in knowing God versus knowing of him. And, and when we pray, we have to know that God is hearing us, that he is listening to us, that as his children, that as we have problems, that as we go through trials and tribulations, God is there to meet us where we are, to meet us exactly where we are. I'm I'm pausing because I shared in my last podcast a little bit about the challenge that I was having uh, on the job with someone that I dotted line reported to and then another uh, engineer that's on one of my projects who has been a very, very difficult person uh, to, to manage and to deal with. And we, we saw right in the Word of God, it talks about that perfection. <laughs> said it's easy to love the lovable. And you don't get no brownie points because you speak to somebody who speaks to you. You love somebody who loves you. The, the outward demonstration of God's love is to be empathetic, compassionate, and loving towards those who are more difficult to love. So I knew that I had the challenging um, task of, uh, I want to say confronting, but it is, I I, I had to confront the situation with the lady. So uh, one of the engineer on my job, and I knew that I would have to have a conversation with her because 
earlier in the week, I was coached that I needed to take, um, to, to kind of rein that behavior in, at least give her an opportunity to modify the behavior uh, before it needed to be escalated because it, it, it posed a risk to the project, not just for the team dynamics, but for, um, uh, you know, our ability to, to progress because this lady wasn't allowing us to even have conversation. She would cut it off. She just couldn't stand to, 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 to continue uh, and, and things that she didn't feel was of value. Anyway, I had to employ all that I knew about who I know God is, who I know God is, and the Christ that is in me. I had to rely on that yesterday because I told y'all this this girl from Detroit, she ain't all the way there, you know, and I try to be right, but sometimes I miss the mark. Anyway, we had the conversation. We had the conversation, so it was. It, we scheduled a 30-minute uh, meeting, and it wound up being about 45 minutes. And it was it was good. And I am declaring and decreeing that what went into that meeting will manifest peace, congruency, unity, collaboration, uh, uh, and as we continue through this program. Uh, and she will become a great asset and ally uh, to the purpose of what we're trying to do. But anyway, we were in the discussion. <clears throat> and she came in. Ooh, she came in. Guns blazing. She did not. No hose bars, okay? She was ready. She was ready for me. And she wanted to uh, control the conversation. So I had to very quickly, very quickly, quickly uh, uh, <clears throat> step into authority in, in that conversation. And we started talking and, um, you know, she was sharing with me her perspective and how she felt that we were off the rails and the project was going to fail and all of these things. And this is why she's so adamant about certain things in certain areas. And I had to stop her. I said, you are premature in your assessment and your conclusion of where we are. We have only been on this path with me trying to lead and execute for a few weeks now. So you're premature, but, but what you, you, you have to allow me the reign to be able to do my job. This is why they brought me in. And so she's just going on and on and on. And, and she started with that cutting me off. I said, well, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Let me speak. And almost as quickly as I began to speak to her, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. And so I said, one of her, one of her biggest areas of contention, her biggest areas of contention, So one of her biggest areas of contention was around, um, you know, our schedule and what we were doing. And, and she's always talked about her capacity and, and wanting to be able to plan. And, and she's very forceful and, and, and um, 
uh, like I said, adamant, we need a schedule. We need a schedule. If we don't have a schedule, we can't plan. We can't plan. And I said, well, wait a minute. Uh, we need to build the schedule. And it takes all of us uh, to come together anyway. Uh, I, I shared with her as the Holy Spirit was speaking through me. I said, what we have, what we have put together was in direct response to the concerns that you have. Not only did we try to accommodate your needs, we changed the methodology that we were using to take a more iterative approach because that was your strongest stance. Now, here's the thing. If we missed the mark and what you expected, then we need to go back to the drawing board and we need to reconstruct what we have done. Listen, this is not cut or etched in stone. We are working together in collaboration as a team. And so what I realized was that she viewed her role different than how I viewed her role. I She viewed her role as a consumer of the product that we're producing and delivering as a support to bringing that product into fruition versus being a core team member leading and driving the effort to delivery. And so once once I got that, I said, oh, okay. See, <laughs> I see the problem. And so I began to speak to that. And as I reiterated to her what she was asking for, because part of the problem is she wasn't hearing herself. She wasn't hearing herself. So I took what she was saying and I restated it as accurately as possible. And she retreated. She began to retreat because what she was asking us to do was impossible. Basically, we've got, you know, we got to get this project back on track. We gave us ourselves maybe about eight months to get to a place of proof of concept uh, for delivery, a global solution now, a global solution. We gave ourselves eight months and she's asking for uh, one month per capability to be able to test. I said, well, you, you got one, two, three, four, five capabilities. You want five months of testing? Okay, well, well, look, we can negotiate that. We can do that. Let's take it back to the team. Let's let's get an understanding, you know, as to whether or not. And and as soon as I said it, as soon as I said it, she she stopped. And she said, well, wait a minute. No, well, well, now that we've divided things out, it makes more sense to change. So at that point, I, Prophetess was done. I said, okay, my, my job is done here. She hears herself and she understands how ridiculous she sounds. She uh, told me towards the end of the conversation, she said, we're going to work very well together. She said, but we're going to fight and we're going to argue and we're going to have, and I had to stop her again. I said, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, we won't. We won't be fighting. Nah, I don't fight. I am a lover. I remember my, my baby brother um, came to visit us one summer. He said, I'm a lover, not a fighter. It was the funniest thing, funniest thing, uh, The you know, uh, that he said, to us. But anyway, I felt that same sentiment. No, baby, I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you because you are broken 
you are you are you are uh, damaged and people are quick to dismiss you and let you go and let you go because the way that it was positioned to me when I was coached to uh, to speak with her was what do you want because you're you're leading this program and she is a deterrent she has a a history of deterring and 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 sabotaging and things like that if you want her off the program let me know and I'll get you someone else that can um, replace her and my instinct and my instant response to that was no uh-uh, and I, I don't get rid of assets now <laughs> if I had a, a a laptop that was producing but it wasn't giving me all I need I ain't gonna just throw it out the window because I still need it. Uh, I need her in a sense, but I, I, I need to employ the character of God as I interact and engage with her. And that part of God that exhibits love in the agape, love that is unconditional, love that is an action and not just a word, okay? And so I'm glad, I, I and, and y'all, y'all, Put a pen in me right now, <laughs> uh, and 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 let's see. Let's make sure that I continue to be glad uh, that I'm working with her. But I'm glad that we had the conversation. It, it started out rocky, in the middle it was rocky. Towards the end it was rocky. But I was very clear, and I and I tried to compel her. I said, look. If I schedule a meeting that I am facilitating, and I said, and let me be clear, there are some meetings I may schedule for other people. And if I do that, and, um, and uh, you know, somebody else is, is, is facilitating or managing that meeting, I don't have anything to do with that. But I'm talking about my meetings. If I schedule a meeting, I have a clear objective of what I need to get. I need your support in helping me to be able to get what I need to get to be able to help lead the team, you know, to, to success. So in other words, stop disrupting my meetings. Stop cutting people off and not letting people speak because you think that your perspective is the best. We are here as a collective. We are making decisions and 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 negotiating uh, results. Okay, it's not just one person's opinion rule, and nobody's coming against you. She just, oh, she was like, well, well, you don't know what happened before, and and. And she she got so upset with me because I took one of their meetings and I repurposed it uh, to to do status updates. Oh, that that's a waste of time coming to a meeting talking about statuses. I said, I said, and you know, I, I got in my flesh a little bit. I said, such and such. So when you guys were doing this before, where did that get you to? Because, see, what I understand is that because of the lack of structure and organization, you guys had to bring me in. (laughs) So give me a chance to get things in order because I specialize in getting things in order. People don't like that. (laughs) Prophet has got a strong administration uh, gift that God has given me. 
and and to get things in order. But anyway, uh, it was a good conversation. But the reason I wanted to share that is because I had to employ, I had to employ uh, um, the character of God in order to even have that conversation. Okay, and. When it was all said and done, I felt better about it. That I didn't get all in my flesh because I, boy, a couple of times, I could have. <laughs> I could have, should have, would have, and I would have got away with it. And they would have done away with her, okay? But we have to, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, we have to demonstrate the love of God to those that we encounter. Okay, so anyway, so we need to have a better understanding of who God is. Why? Why? Why do we need to know who he really is and what he truly desires from us? It is because knowing these things will bring us greater joy and peace, greater confidence, greater effectiveness in our prayer, greater confidence in Christ, a lot of us struggle unnecessarily because we don't know God. Because we have not attempted to get to know him. And I'm talking about even folk this this, you know, feel like they're seasoned and mature in Christ. We think that if we if we read the Bible, if we get up and pray, if we do all of these rituals, that we know God. No, that's that's not true. That's not true. And like I said, some of the things that we get stuck on, we get stuck on, okay, is he a male? Is he a female? Is he black? Is he white? God is none of that and all of that. He's none of it and he's all of it. God will make himself manifest in our lives to be able to give us a tangible a tangible identification of who he is, but at the root of who God is, at the core of who God is, we learned in John 4 and 24 that God is spirit. God is spirit. So that means that he's not male. He's not female. He's not black. He's not white, but he can make himself manifest because when he walked the face of the earth, he had an earth suit. And he had a body. But the key to all of that and understanding who God is, is that we have to know that God is different from us, that his nature is different from us. And God reveals himself in images that are taken from our frame of reference. And I don't know how to better articulate this, but God allows himself to be a person, place, or a thing. We find it all throughout the Bible. And we get so stuck on one thing or another. It's so so, um, sad that even in some, some people ministries that God has called them. I've seen ministers over the years. They get so stuck. They get so stuck. Oh, God is a man. 
God is a woman. God is God is not this. God is not that. But if you know him for yourself, in Hebrews 1, uh, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways in these last days, has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heirs of all things, to whom he made the world. So he came to us in the manifestation of his son. But in Exodus 3 and 2, he came manifested like a burning bush. Y'all remember that? He was a shield in Psalms 28 and 7, and he was a rock in Deuteronomy 32 and 4. He gives us these images because he doesn't want us to box him into God is one thing or another. Outside of God is love and God is a spirit. He can manifest himself however he wants, but God can manifest himself as a woman. Come on now. Ezekiel 19 and 2 says, What was your mother? A lioness among lions. Isaiah 66 and 7, before she goes into labor, she gives birth. He tells us in Matthew 23 and 37, how often I wanted to gather your children together at the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. God is showing us by this demonstration how he manifests himself as a mother as a mother, as a nurturer, as a woman. In the Old Testament, there are many references to God as the Father, which entails that he is a man. He is a man. He's all of that and none of that. Romans 8, 15 through uh, 17 says, Abba, Father. (laughs) Hosea 11 and 1 says, Out of Egypt I called my son. We get so stuck. Well, if Jesus called him father, how could he be a mother? The imagery that God uses for us to get to know him in a perfect way. He gives us images that we can relate to as human beings. We give him, he gives us images that helps us to see him in a tangible way. So that we can experience him in a more real way. Getting to know him. Getting to build intimacy with him. 
Just like I'm talking to you and you have relationships with the people in your life, it's imperative that we have a relationship with God and not a relationship that is built on the the understanding of others. For, For so many years, so many years, my view of God was filtered through my experiences at the church. I heard from God when the minister preached the word. I experienced God's love when people in the church embraced me. I felt rejected by God when things just went awry. But I had to come to a point in my life where I really, truly got to know God for who he was so that I wouldn't get stuck on, okay, is he a male, a female? Is he a thing? Is he a this or that? And understanding that he is a spirit, that God is love. God is love. And one of the things that I thank God, I I really do, I thank him for my life experiences. And I oftentimes say that as an adult today, I would never opt to go back to my childhood. While I thank my parents for um, all that they have done, uh, they they did a, a brilliant, wonderful job of raising their children. But I have no desire to go back to that phase of my life. But I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that God allowed me to have a relationship with parents so that I could have a physical manifestation or an example of God as a parent through the love that my parents gave to me. And one of the things that God taught me through that relationship with my parents and how I related to him is that my relationship with him was my relationship with him and he's got many, many children, and that that had that is of no consequence to me. So coming from a huge family and being one of twelve, <laughs> I had to learn that my relationship with my mother and my relationship with my father, although they had many, many children, was our relationship with each other. I would watch over the years. And some of the things I would see, and I'm, I'm not putting nobody down. I don't know why I get offended. And family members stop listening because y'all listening for that one nugget to make you want to stop listening. <laughs> but anyway, I would watch how certain uh, siblings would interact and engage with my parents. And a lot of times I would be like, uh... Um, yeah, I don't know who you think you talking to. I don't know who you think you dealing with, but this is my mama. This is my daddy. And, and, uh, uh uh-uh, you know, but I had to realize that my parents weren't seeing things the way that I did. I would, I would see what I would consider to be disrespect or, or disobedience or, or things like that, irrespective of, of the things that I've done in the past. I would start looking at them and be like, oh, 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 you know. And God had to show me that, you know, these are their children. 
just like you're their child. And they love you unconditionally, no matter what you do, how they relate, what they accept, and how they engage with their children. That's their business. It has nothing to do with me. I would I would pray for um, healthy relationships because I felt that our family functioned through our dysfunction. That was that was how we best function <laughs> was being dysfunctional. And I would pray for those relationships that they would they would have better relationships. But at at, at a certain point, for some years, I just I stepped back step back. That's between y'all. Ain't none of my business. I'm going to pray from afar, you know. And God showed me the same thing. When you, when, when I would see and, and witness, you know, the atrocities against what I felt was our relationship with Christ through other people, say, that's none of your business. Just pray, just pray. But anyway, that's, that's, how we get to know God, but what I want to encourage you of, uh, I want to encourage you today to develop and get a relationship with God, with Christ for yourself, for yourself, because a lot of times we rely on the relationships that others have. And for a season of my life, and I'm just talking about my own journey. I had to stop listening to uh, ministers. I had to stop listening, you know, to to, to certain preachers. And, and I'm saying just shut it down because I, and I'm talking about some people that, that were tapped into God. And I'm going to be real clear because my reliance was on them versus being in the presence of God for myself. And hearing from him, allowing him to download into me. I remember a minister said years ago, and I, I started doing this, and it's, it, it worked in my life. But he said, he said, get to know God's voice by listening and walking in obedience. Just quiet yourself, silence yourself, and ask God to direct you. He gave an example of even if you're, you know, just driving and, and going from one destination to the next. Ask God, where do I go next? Even if you know the path, ask God. And follow. And follow. And 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 that will give you a good indicator <laughs> if, you, if you've heard the voice of God right or not. And ask God to refine his voice so that you know that it is him. He said, my, my sheep shall know my voice. My children, my, those who love me, those who are connected to me, they'll know my voice. Having intimacy with God is the greatest, um, and I, I don't want to overuse the word. I, I have a tendency to overuse words, but it is an asset. It is the greatest asset that we have as Christians, that intimacy, that ability to just go into his presence. Sometimes you can't be intimate with a lot of, you know, people. You can't share your innermost thoughts or, or your fears or be transparent. 
vulnerable. Because at the end of the day, people will eat you up and spit you out. But God will restore you even when you're broken, even if he got to shatter you, break you, and build you again, build you up again. We must get to know him. And to get to know someone, you got to be in their presence. You can't just know someone that knows someone. (laughs) At a season in my life, I knew God through ministers or through gospel music or through, you know, certain things. I didn't know God for myself. I knew of him, but I didn't know him. It wasn't until I got in the presence of God, and I I promise you, I will never forget. I will never, ever, 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 ever forget. We were, um, this was probably about 20, over 20 years ago, we were at the old sanctuary. Uh, I was a part of Word of Deliverance Ministries, and we were at the old sanctuary, and I had been going through, and, and I'm talking about I'm in my 20s, you know, hadn't reached a heightened place of maturity and and at this point so much drama in my life a lot of it I caused most of it I'm trying to resolve <laughs> and I heard a voice say to me when will my love be enough for you mm. and that shifted the course of my relationship with God from that moment on I heard it so clearly now, now, mind you, all throughout my life, I heard the voice of God. God would, God would expose would expose Himself to me, and He would speak to me. And even I, I oh, it was a season in my life, especially when I was younger, where God would use me in the prophetic. And what I mean is that He would expose things to me prophetically and it would be so clear so so I was hearing from God but this particular moment it shifted my relationship with him because he said when will my love be enough and I had to ponder that thing (laughs) because I was in that season I was looking for love from my daddy that I felt like I never got I was looking for love from my mother you know, that I felt I, I never received, looking for love from my husband, you know, and, and, and that season of our relationship and my children, you know, I just poured all the love I had into them. I was just obsessed with my babies, you know. He said, when will my love be enough for you? And from that point, I made up in my mind that I was going to do everything I could to get to know God. And that that started my journey, my journey in theology, to be honest, because I wanted to get to know as much as I could about him, and I knew that I couldn't just get it on my own. So I decided to go back to school and learn as much as I could. I decided to be more devout in ministry and and get involved and get engaged more because it was just like I wanted to know, I wanted to know. But that was still, you know, external uh, for for some years. 
until I got and became more intimate. I've, I've heard ministers say um, those valley experiences in some seasons of our lives became our best and our greatest companion. Sorrow became our greatest companion because out of sorrow, it taught us uh, how to grow our love in Christ because sometimes you ain't got no choice, baby. <laughs> you think you think you go uh, just live life and, and not get into the presence of God. Certain things are happening in your life and you have no choice but to get into his presence because God, I don't know which way to go. So there have been seasons of my life that sorrow became my greatest companion, my greatest tool in getting to know God. Getting to know Christ and understanding his love for me. We've got to get into his presence. We've got to get to know him during the good times and the bad. Especially, especially in the good times. <laughs> what reward or award do you get from getting into his presence when you're in trouble? You got to praise him when you when you uh, going through as well as when you got it. Sometimes we forget to praise them when we get it. We're going to praise in advance for what we want. But once we get it, we forget to be continuously thankful for the things that he has done. God is our greatest friend. He's our greatest lover. He's our greatest protector, provider. He is the source of our supply. He is our connection to any and everything that our hearts desire. We got to get to know him. So I'm going to end this message today or this morning. It's morning now. I don't even think it's 6, it's maybe 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. On a Saturday morning, God woke me up to get this word to you that we have to get to know him. We have to build intimacy with him, get into his presence. And his presence is not about an extension of others' knowledge and understanding of who he is. His presence is about getting to know him. Sometimes you got to shut down all the books, all the 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 music, all of the you know words and just get into his presence. Now I'm not I'm not by any means saying uh uh don't listen because we know that that's how we hear the word by the by the men of God, woman of God, those who he has delivered the word to. And as we get ushered into his presence uh, through, um, you know, gospel music and things like that, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is don't rely on those things to to give you intimacy. Don't replace a true relationship with God with a charismatic emotionalism that comes with hearing a good word or 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 our best gospel song. Sometimes just get quiet. 
God, expose yourself, reveal yourself, show yourself strong in my life. I want more intimacy with you. The more we rely on God, the less stress and pain and sorrow we'll experience in our lives because we know he got it. He got it. Knowing God will help us to overcome addictions, alcoholism, drug addictions, sexual addictions, eating addictions, all right? Knowing God will help us to get over depression, mental illness. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you what I know. Get to know him. And don't be like some of them getting stuck on whether he a he, she, or it. Because I told you he's none of that and all of that. And I gave you the evidence that you need. All right. Well, I'm going to get up this morning and go for a walk in the park. I'm meeting up. My husband and I, we're meeting up with our favorite couple, the Fosters. And we're going to enjoy each other this morning. And I'm thinking we probably walk and then go to breakfast. But that might defeat the purpose. But then again, maybe not. <laughs> I get my grandbaby later today, too. I've had the grands this weekend. I mean, this week, this entire week, we had my grandbabies, and they have been a joy, but I believe my husband is exhausted uh, because my little Elisey Poo, she loves her G-Dad, and she she wouldn't give me no FaceTime. <laughs> well, she gave me little FaceTime, but, but she much rather prefer to be up under him. And I mean, she was keeping this guy up to three, two, three o'clock in the morning. And so they've been here uh, since the beginning of the week. I think they came over the weekend, Sunday. And they and they go home today, today's Saturday. Uh, so my baby is gonna be exhausted. But he'll get his rest. He, it keeps him young having these grandbabies. All right. Well, anyway, I pray that that word was uh, an encouragement to you. And if nothing else, I want you to get out of this that we got to know God. We got to know God. He told us over this week, he said, you are approved. You are perfect in Christ. And you got to get to know me. (laughs) What an awesome God we serve. All right. I love you all. Have a blessed and wonderful day. And I pray that you receive all that God has for you today.